We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. What is this, you may ask? This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? It is a podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Steven. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia. And we say that with a lot of extra zest this week. Hate week has commenced. So I'll ask you the other question. Who are your two favorite teams in all of college athletics? It doesn't matter about two teams. My favorite team is Georgia Tech, and they are playing Georgia uh, on the football field. So that's go- called consolidated power. Exactly. So go jackets, uh, beat those idiot canines who can't even spell their mascot correctly. Welcome to the program. Uh, you might notice a little difference in sound quality because Joshua and I are actually in the same room. Excited to have you in the plush studios of my alumni home. Uh, it's it's good to be here. It's good to see what a Georgia Tech degree will buy you. And I tell you, I think if the viewers could see, it would give them a lot of motivation. And pay no attention to the squeaking chairs that we're sitting in. I haven't replaced those yet. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, if this is your first time to the show, welcome. Please tell, uh, please enjoy yourself. Feel free to go back and listen to past shows. Uh, what we do here is uh, we do a two-part show. First part, we try to cover as much athletic news as we can kind of spotlight and highlight what's going on with Georgia Tech Athletics from as many sources as we try to follow. Second part of the show, we go a little more in depth. Uh, Joshua, give us a tease of what we're going to cover on the second half of the show. We're going to have what we have termed a fireside chat about Georgia Tech football. Basically, season in review um, since we're coming up on the last the last game of the season. And then we're just going to kind of you know discuss the storylines that we're seeing around the team. What are we looking at? What are we looking for? There's really no, there's not much of a rhyme or reason. We're just got to talk about football. Well, thankfully, this team has given us some things to talk about. Ain't that the truth? And so we're going to talk about those things. We might, uh, we might spitball some ideas. We may have some, uh, some maybe some hot sports opinion of of who the next coach might be. And there are some things Joshua has dug up as the fan who also wants to is involved in in sports reporting as a uh, hopefully as a career so we'll get into that later it's time to cover the news so since we're going to talk about the football game at length joshua give us a quick update and one of the main reasons why we wanted to spend some time on football well the main reason is georgia tech got its best win in a while for some reason or another georgia tech seems to own unc considering they beat them last year when they were ranked and this year number 13 unc fell to the yellow jackets 21 to 17 um, not going to go too deep into it. Obviously, uh, UNC was up 17 to nothing, and then Tech scored 21 unanswered and just absolutely stymied the rec- uh, top-tier UNC passing attack. Drake May had his worst game of the season, only threw for 202 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. Heisman hopeful Drake May, I yeah, might add. Not anymore. Not, not after anymore. that performance. Heisman loser Drake May, um, thanks to the Yellow Jackets. Zach Gibson, uh, we take back everything that we said about you. Our apology is going to be just as loud as they 
the hate. 13 of 18 for 174 yards. Quite the day back there. And there was no hate. We were just acknowledging, just like he did, that he had some bad games. But give that man some credit. He sh- he came out. He, he showed, showed up, up and showed out. Yeah, yeah man. Absolutely. So we'll talk about, yeah, we might talk a little more um, about that. The real story, obviously, on defense, Miles Brooks, quite an interception on Drake May. Keon White. Keon White. I was going to get to him. Sorry. ACC. Pretty much a monster game. Seven tackles, four of them for a loss, and three sacks. Charlie Thomas had a tackle and a half for loss, uh, five sacks himself. Got a couple other sacks from, like, Makia Scott, uh, Daquan Douse. Uh, Great we, you game said, overall. You said five sacks. He had a half a sack, right? Who? I believe uh, Charlie Thomas. He, had a he half didn't a have sack. a half. Not, not listed okay. according you to ESPN. Five sacks. I, I said five tackles, five one and a half tackles for right. loss. Offense, Hassan Hall had a touchdown, 47 yards rushing. 57 yards receiving. Just a good all-around game. Tech showed up when they needed to, got the points, and got the dub. I don't think it's too much. Uh, I don't think it's too much hyperbole or hyperbole, uh, <laughs> as the guys up north or guys in Athens would say. Uh, I don't think it's it's too much to say. Arguably, the best Georgia Tech football win in maybe five or six years. They're not a better one. The better one doesn't spring to mind. Yeah, off the certainly dome, not so. one in the Collins era. No. And I would argue in in Paul's last couple years, I, there might they not have be been anybody. a better one. They yeah, be right. They, uh, that was the problem. So the last time we did something like this was when we beat Florida State on the um, Sims on the miracle, night. On the miracle on oh, Techwood. Yeah, maybe. Uh, or the last time we beat Georgia. So I, I, yeah, I just man, shout out to the team. Just so proud of them. We'll talk more about them uh, a little bit later. So let's get into the other news real quick. We're going to talk about the women's volleyball team real quick. Uh, not a ton of news except what is right around the corner for them. So on uh, Friday, they uh, defeated Clemson at Clemson three straight games uh, in three straight sets. I still don't know whether to call them games or sets it's, in the match. It's, it's sets. Is it it's sets? sets? Okay, three, three straight sets. Well done. Uh, by the way, if you want to shout out to us, we'll give the contact information and tell us whether it's sets or games, that, that could be the question it, of the it week. It sets. As someone who has volleyball experience, I've called a game. That's true. It sets. That's true. Shout out to you. Okay. Uh, the big news is on Wednesday, the 23rd of November, right about when this uh, podcast normally drops, they are playing at Pitt. Uh, Pitt is ranked number seven. Uh, Louisville is currently ranked number five. Uh, and we lost to Pitt already this year. Chance to redeem themselves. Five o'clock. Uh, against Pitt, go Lady Jackets, beat Pitt, and they will finish the season, the regular season, on Saturday uh, at home against Florida State, 1 o'clock at O'Keeffe Gymnasium. So show up and show out against Florida State. Hopefully they finish the regular season with two wins and they go into the ACC tournament to try and win an ACC title. Go Lady Jackets. Go Lady Jackets. Well, as the head recruiting guy here at What's the Good Word, I'm here to tell you that we've got um, big-time recruiting news, both literally and figuratively. For the football program. For the football program. Um, In the literal sense, Georgia Tech did pick up another 2023 commit by the name of P.J. Wilkins. Why is it big news, you ask? Well, he is 6'7", 335 pounds at 18 years old. Holy cow. I don't know what they're feeding him over there. He's from Baltimore, Maryland, so um, out-of-state prospect. A lot of crab meat. Yeah, I guess so. It's um, it's going to a good place. So he's not ranked on the 24-7 sports composite. Um, not exactly a ton is known about him. I just know he goes to St. Francis High School, St. Francis Academy. 
Um, but like I said, he's a he's a big boy. So he's a mountain of a man. The biggest the biggest thing to notice is that Tech continues to focus on the trenches in this 2023 class. I believe over half of their commits are either offensive or defensive line. So what we talked about, the biggest thing for this team to improve moving forward, start in the trenches. It looks like Brent Key and his interim team. This was this are was true. Just this that. was true even before Key got the interim Absolutely. tag. Like Collins was focusing on it too. Um, but then figuratively, um, this kid isn't necessarily big in the literal sense, but his stature and his name is quite big. And that is the quarterback by the name of Jakari Williams, Macon, Georgia kid for out of first Presbyterian day school committed to the yellow jackets from the 2024 class. So we will not be able to see him in Georgia tech gold for another year or so, but this is the biggest commit that we've had at Georgia Tech since Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs. Um, according to the 27 Sports Composite, he's ranked 255 nationally. He's the 19th ranked quarterback, and he's number 37 in the state of Georgia. Um, he is a four-star. He's a four-star. He also plays basketball, uh, so he's a two-sport athlete. Um, he helped Presbyterian go 10-3 and in the A private classification in 2021. Um, he's had, you know, obviously a lot of success. He's very highly regarded. He's got eight offers currently, um, such programs as NC state, Pittsburgh, Virginia tech, a lot of other ACC schools. There is one other school. Okay. If you want to, if you want to go down the conspiracy road, or if you want to have a little, uh, scoop from what's the good word about who the next coach might be, go ahead and tell him. Um, again, like, like he just said, do with this information as you will, (laughs) but the other big time team on the offer sheet was Coastal Carolina. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. So maybe he knows something we don't. Maybe he just really liked the tech facilities and wanted an engineering degree. We don't know. We'll probably know more in about a week or so. But either way, then, welcome Jakari Williams to the Yellow Jackets. Fight on, baby. And that is a twin. Like Joshua said at the beginning of this, he is a 2024 commit. So he is a junior committing to go to Georgia Tech uh, in, in, for 2024. So Congrats to the Georgia Tech football program continuing to do good recruiting in the midst of this interim stuff, and we'll see how it all shakes out when the new coach is announced. And we may touch on that in the second part of the show. Uh, the last, uh, the other piece of news, sorry, not last, but moving on, the last sport before we go into the uh, fireside chat about the football program is uh, to mention the uh, Lady Yellow Jacket basketball team. Let's talk about basketball, both men's and women's. So for the Lady Jackets, they started the season. Both the men's and women's team started the season 3-0. I know the Lady Jackets had a great win last week on Wednesday the 16th. They played at Auburn and won 57-51. That's a big win. Auburn is a a big-time program, obviously SEC program. Unfortunately, that was followed with bad news uh, on Sunday the 20th. They went and played some team over in Athens, uh, and they unfortunately lost to the Lady Bulldogs 66-52. Now, uh, we, we, we love the Lady Jackets here. We know they're kind of rebuilding after such a strong year last year, but off to a 3-1 and one start. So they have got a nice little start going, and uh, we will be keeping our eye on them and keeping you informed of how their season goes as we move along. Joshua, I believe uh, we... The, la- the, the men also had some games, so let's talk yes. about that. Well, right the now. men did start 3-1, and one, as you mentioned, and they were participating in the Fort Myers tip-off. And the game that they had to play for that at the beginning it was Utah, Correct. who they played on 
What day did they play? They played yet. Yeah, uh, they played Monday. They played so Monday, twenty first, twenty first. They played the Utah Utes, or however you say their name, Utes, Utes, whatever it is. I don't know who anyway. uh, Joe Pesci and uh, my cousin Vinny. Okay, the two Utes. So okay. that's how you. Unfortunately, remember. Tech did drop that game, sixty eight to sixty four. Um, a lot of weird things happening in this game. Uh, for example, looking at the team stats, Georgia Tech took 17 more field goal attempts than Utah did. That's due to the fact that Georgia Tech won the turnover battle 19 to three. Yep. Quite the game. But when you also look, continue to dig into the stats, the actual difference in the game was free throw shooting. Utah shot 15 of 21 from the line while Georgia Tech shot 11 of 20, which is where that four point discrepancy comes in. Um, Tech only shot 34% from the field, 21% from three. So not a great shooting night efficiency-wise, but the fact that they only lost by four shows, they were still making things happen on defense. Okay, so uh, for our listeners, some of you guys watched the game. Obviously, uh, my colleague, the the great uh, fan, Joshua, did not really get to watch this game. He had other stuff going on. I got to watch the game. The Yellow Jackets were down 23-4 to in the first half. They could not buy a bucket. They did not score for the first six or seven minutes of the game. It wasn't horrible. We were just missing shots. Um, and they climbed their way back into this game. They had no business being in this game. This is by far the worst game they played all year. They had a great stretch. Their defense was good the whole game. They had a stretch where they started making some buckets. They turned them over so many times, got a, a lot of good blocks. They really, really played well as a team on the defensive end. They put some things together, got back in the game, actually got up in the second half. So they could they started the game horribly, and they finished the game badly. That That is the story of this game. Uh, a, a good friend of the show uh, was texting me during the game, and he, and you made the point too. He's like, if we just hit some free throws, we yeah. win this game. There's no question about that. I a hundred percent agree with that. There's also some, some other, you know, there were some other things. This is a team that really needs to increase their uh, flow of the offense. There's way too much one-on-one dribbling for a team of no superstars. Now they've got some guys who can break some people down, I just think you can't do it as more than 50% of your offense. And there were stretches where they did that and it hurt them. Yeah. Um, but this was a, uh, this showed a lot of heart for this team. Uh, I don't think the Utes are going to compete for uh, the Pac-12 or whatever they call it now Pac-12. title, but they're a decent team. They're, they're not a bad team. They got They got to play Mar- They get to play Marquette on Wednesday who Marquette lost their opening round tip off game. And so that'll be another good test. For And I just want everyone to know, as we talk about basketball this season, this was a team picked to finish last. Uh, I believe the ceiling for this team realistically is try to get in the t- try to get around s- somewhere between nine and, and seven in the conference would be a good season. I definitely think this is not a team that's going to finish 15th. They are playing together. They're playing defense. There are some stars. Yeah. There are some good players. This is a deeper team than Josh has ever had. Yeah. Um, just a few kind of shout outs to certain good performers. Davon Smith led the team with 15 points. Also had six rebounds, five of them on the offensive end. Quite impressive for a point guard. Also dished out four assists and had two steals. Um, Debo Coleman, 11 points, although he did do it on three of 11 shooting, two of eight from three, um, 11 points off the bench with eight rebounds from Javon Franklin, um, who also had six offensive rebounds. So the, what I mentioned on the last show about them struggling offensive rebounding, 
wasn't really true in this game. Um, and then the other big one was Tristan Maxwell off yeah. the bench in 14 minutes, had nine points, four of seven shooting. And then the one other small thing to pay attention to, to George Tech, Rodney Howard only played six minutes in this game. Rodney Howard, okay, so here's the hot sports take opinion uh, from the alumni. Rodney Howard better turn his game around or he's losing his spot. That's the second straight game where he started the game, and I don't think he made the court on the second half. He only played of, six minutes. Of either of those games. And the reason why is because he is regressing back to, and in, and in fact, it's looking worse. His footwork is terrible. He cannot hit a shot unless he's wide open, and even then he misses. Yeah. He's really not defending well. He's just clogging up space. So Rodney needs to turn it around, or this is going to be the Jalen and J- and Javon post show. I, I don't know where Mecca is. I don't know if he's going to play at all. He's maybe he's not ready still. Yeah, yeah he might be dealing with something. We don't really. We're not one hundred percent. We're not as plugged in as we would like to be. And, but and, yeah, it's it, something to pay attention to because after they went to Javon as the the only real big man, the four guards and Javon, the team actually played relatively well Correct. because the team went on the, the massive like losing like they lost all those points when Rodney was on the floor. So it's it'll Correct. it'll be interesting to see because clearly, you know, it wasn't an issue rebounding wise. So we'll we'll see what happens. It's something to monitor. If we're he, not gonna we're not gonna sit here and tell you he's gonna get benched, right, but right. Well, it's something to pay attention to. And and I'll say this: uh, if if you haven't yet watched this team, try and find a way. They they've got a few more games here. Uh, they do if, play playing, Marquette on Wednesday. Yeah, and then they play two more times, I believe, uh, over the weekend and Monday. So they've got a yeah, couple games play, here. Um, so I, so I'm gonna tell people watch this team because they they are they are they have the chance to be a fun team to watch. Certainly not the grind the clock down and, and get a shot inside the last 10 seconds. Yeah. They are going to try and, and work on their flow. And then they've got the defense. They were giving Utah a lot of trouble in the zone. And and I'll say this too, Javon Franklin, it's early. He is, he is really making a case early on to be that guy you love yeah. who just – uh, he he just grinds and he, he dirty work yeah and he just bodies up I mean he was bodying up seven footers yeah and just uh, he's a lot of fun to watch so Tech plays Marquette on Wednesday at six then they play uh, North Alabama back in um, how do you say the how do you say the I keep forgetting McCamish. how to say McCamish. McCamish there you go they play in McCamish they play North Alabama on Saturday and then Tuesday they play number twenty five Iowa. So those are the next three games coming up. Uh, after those, we'll have two more, and then they'll get into the ACC play. Yep. So kudos to the uh, both basketball teams. Keep up the good work. Uh, get those wins and uh, get into ACC play uh, with more than three wins. Tis but a small point. road bump. Yes. Let's 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 uh, let's win a couple. Let's win a few more. Let's get into ACC play with about six wins each. That would be fantastic. All right. So thank you for listening to the news. Uh, that's all the news we had. There's uh, certainly we thank 24/7 Sports. We thank RamblinRec.com, uh, also AJC.com, Sports Illustrated, CBS Sports. There's certainly plenty of websites. We go to those uh, websites for you. So if you came just for the news, you can take off. If you want to hear uh, uh, an alum and fan kind of and and little shout out to uh, FDR. I'm currently reading a great history book by Doris Kearns Goodwin, No Ordinary Time, about FDR and Eleanor. So I came up with the idea of a fireside chat. That, and I'm also the old guy in the room. So, Joshua, it's time to sit by the fire and speak about this football team. So what I what I thought we would do is 
We're coming up on the last game. If we beat Georgia, we might be bowl eligible. We should be bowl eligible. We will be. If we lose to Georgia, we may still be bowl eligible. There was some article about the road to do it. I don't know. It comes down to academic progress rate. So <laughs> we're in. The, and, and somebody had a post that we actually, I believe, are, have the fifth best ACC record this year in football. Something like that. So that's that's pretty funny. The ACC's just been beating up on themselves. So it helps that <laughs> we got all of our bad away. our bad losses are out of the way. Like at the beginning. Uh, once Key came in, that was when we started ACC play. So, I all mean. Right. So, so we've talked about the football team all through the season. You guys have, have li- been with us and listened to us. So, I thought what we would do is just take some time and just kind of, again, sitting by the fire and just talk uh, as, as a Lumen fan and with you guys as the listeners. And just what are our, what do we, what do we feel? What are we thinking? What do we see? What do we like? And just kind of spend some time on the team. So... Joshua, you know, when we started this at the start of the season, I believe I was the one who said, hey, if this team gets to five wins, you got to kind of consider it somewhat of a success. I thought the realistic expectation should be we need to see them get to five wins. And here we are, one game left to go, and we've gotten five wins. And that was with Collins at the helm. So I think it's even more impressive considering that we started off one and three, and then we brought in the O-line coach to finish out the year. And he's been four and three and gotten two ranked wins in his time. So that that's the thing that stood out. That's going to be the story to me of this season is that, you know, first of all, the, the Collins era mercifully, came to an end amen and then on top of that you know we the 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 offensive line coach from tech who had you know he had, he had done his dues he kind of got his shot he, he was the brian snitker i know you've said that off off uh, off mic but he was he was the snitker hey you know you played here at one point here's your consolation gift finish out the string and we'll uh we'll put in a good word for you at the ma- mid-major team you apply for and he said nah man I, this, this is me this is my shot so took down Pitt. That Duke game looks really good too, because Duke is currently, I think, about seven and four. So his wins have been high quality. Correct. This team has beaten some good teams. They've also been blown out by some mediocre teams. Sure. It's been a very uneven performance, but you know, in the end, it's been a good year. Um, it's it's the most excited I've been about Tech for a while because I've seen some some signs of progress. The best part is there's not really any huge contributors that are leaving. Obviously, Keon White's probably going to the draft after this uh, this year. Yeah. Um, I've said it on this podcast. I'm very confident Jeff Sims is leaving yeah. um, for various different reasons. But outside of that, I mean, you're losing most of your running backs because they were grads or redshirt seniors. But you know the the big the big time players. A lot of the big time guys in your defense are still there. That secondary is going to stay intact. Um, you're bringing back a good amount of your D line. You are losing Charlie Thomas and AC Ely. So you'll have some spots to rebuild. No but. question. No question. There, there's definitely going to be work to do, but it's not as bare of a cupboard. As it's shown me that you can win at tech. Correct. Without a gimmicky, you know, correct. offense, you don't have to have the option to win here. You can be a mid tier ACC program. And just get your get you some keep players getting better from there. The thing it's shown me is, and I've said this before on this program, coaching actually matters. You know, in a sport that is all about recruiting, and you are our well, recruiting I guy. You, I could have told you that Jimbo Fisher brought in the number one class, and he's like th- four and seven now. So it, it difference between Jimbo and Saban is Saban coaches, right? And 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 everybody goes, oh, we gotta we gotta upgrade facilities, we gotta do this. I get it. We need someone 
who will take players who come in and between him and his staff will help them go from whatever square they are at, whatever rank they're at and get better. Who wants to get better as a player and as a person who wants to work together as a team to get the team better. And I know that sounds hokey and I know it makes me sound like a romantic or an idiot or whatever you want to call me, but Brent key took over a team in chaos, not just from this year, but last year. And he settled everyone down. He made everyone responsible. He got them all on the same page and they played for each other. They didn't play for Brent. There was a great little post game. As a side note, if you need some inspiration in your life, go watch Brent Key's post-game conferences. Go watch Josh Pastner. We have some of the best press conference coaches in the country. Nell Fortner's great, too. So there's some great uh, pressers that these coaches give. and But Brent Key, after the game, at the UNC game, on the field, got uh, interviewed by the sideline reporter. And she's like, you know, these guys played for you. He's like, they didn't play for me. They didn't do this for me. They did this for themselves. And he's like, man, I love these guys. There is a lot of, uh, love can go a long way. Respect, asking people to do their job and holding them accountable is a great way to coach a team. Absolutely. And, And by the way, based on your, you know, you referencing my Snitker comment, Brent Key, in my mind, I want to always remember him as Brett Snitkey. So he is oh, the modern-day Snitker. That was bad. Yeah. I said the only... I, I didn't say Snitsky the bad wrestler. Gene Snitsky. <laughs> it, we, I want to try and bring in a Move wrestler. it along. <laughs> we got to get off this topic. All right, all right. Go Speaking of Key, it's going to be interesting. I... You know, normally when you bring in an interim coach, especially in that scenario where it's the O-line coach, you kind of assume he's not really going to get a look. Right. Right. Like he's just kind of there. But first of all, he's had success. Right. But you, I can tell you he's made an impact. I don't know how many of our fans out there are really following Twitter or on Twitter or following these players on Twitter, but I have a running list of the tech, the people connected to Georgia Tech who have said hashtag make key the head coach or something like that. Okay. You ready for this? So yeah. it was started by Zach Pyron's mother. Shout out Zach Pyron's Pyron. mom. Another parent got in on it, Marcus Brooks, um, father of LaMiles. But the the players that have sub- showed their support, Nate McCollum, Zach Pyron, LaMiles Brooks, Jordan Williams, Corey Robinson, Clayton Powell-Lee, Dante Smith, Horace Lockett, Weston Franklin, Dylan Leonard, and Dalen Gordon. So there's some heavy hitters on that list. And Brent Key is four and three. And, and I will, you know, I could be dead wrong about this. I bet those guys, they're all like, he treats us like men. He's teaching us to, he's, he's in the battle with us and he's helping us become better players. But, and by the way, you know what happened with Snitker when he got his little Mm -hmm. thanks for 40 years here, we're going to let you finish out the string. All the players went to management and said, we want to play for Snit. Yes. So again, Brent. Well, the players don't have that kind of pull no, they in this don't. scenario. They don't. So they don't. I would argue, according to, um, again, I'm going to continue to cite him because he's like my one source. Bryce Kuhn um, is doing fantastic work. I'm in the Discord chat with him. He has said he's convinced that the new Georgia Tech head coach is either going to be Brent Key 
or Jamie Chadwell. That that's his thought. That's what he's hearing. Um, probably going to hear an announcement at some point after the Georgia game. I don't know how soon. Uh, they might have to wait, depending on if they're hiring. You know, Chadwell and Chadwell's got to go play a bowl game, and he doesn't want to no, announce they, beforehand. No, they'd, they'd hire him. Either way. We'll know. Um, Key's made an argument. If it was me, you know, I think you kind of have to take a little bit of emotion out of it, um, and you have to get yourself Chadwell. Chadwell's got a proven success rate as a head coach over multiple seasons. You know, you don't know if this is necessarily Key's ceiling because if Key's ceiling is six and six, um, you know, right around five hundred, that's not horrible. But Chadwell has shown that at least at a smaller level, he can he can make a, a dominant outfit. Right. So we'll see what that's the big story here coming out of. Obviously, we want to see Georgia Tech beat Georgia. And if Brent Key beats Georgia with this squad, respectfully, he deserves a lifetime contract and a statue outside Bobby Dodd. So I so one of the, and that leads to one other thing. Uh, I don't know of anyone listening to this. And if you have, I would love to hear your experience. But I think we all as tech fans who have other tech fans and tech alum in our circle of friends have you enjoyed this little roller coaster? Uh, because it seems week in, week out, Brent Key is four and three. And it seems like every week, and it's gotten louder and louder as he's won more and more games. It When he won the first two, it was like, oh, that's nice. They got a couple wins, but he's not going to be the coach. And then I think they got the third one, and everybody was like, you know, I don't know, this Brent Key guy. He may, oh, yeah. And... <laughs> And I literally have an experience of someone who texted me during the North Carolina game. And in the first half, and this is someone I've had a conversation with, an ongoing conversation about who do you think the coach should be? Who do you want to see? And and we both, at one point or another, were like, I could, you know, Key, hey, he's making a case. He's making a case. And in the first half, when they were down 17 nothing, and I actually walked away from that game for a period because I was so frustrated. And... <laughs> And this, I got a text. All right, that's it. I need, we need a new coach. Break it down. Get rid of the entire staff. We just need to rebuild it. But by the end of the game, this same person, I don't know, man. I think Brent Key, maybe we should give him a contract. So it's just been this roller coaster of maybe he should, maybe he should. No, I don't think so. The duality of man. Oh, the duality. So. The uh, last thing I'll, I'll kind of mention right here. Uh, by the way, mark it down. November 22nd, 2022, the duality of, oh, man, duality of man has been referenced on what's the good word. Go ahead. So tech on the football in the football program, uh, probably not going to lose too many people from this squad. Um, redshirt seniors, uh, EJ Jenkins, Ace Ely, Keon White, Kenny Bennett, and William Lay the third. Um, with the other, just the three other seniors, Charlie Thomas, Asan Hall, and Malachi Carter. So you're losing some starters, but there's already people kind of in the program, right? Like Malachi Carter has been a serviceable wide receiver, but Nate McCollum has been the best wide receiver on this team. Malik Rutherford has kind of shown out here um, in a few games. And then you've got other guys like James Blackstrain, um, a few freshmen that came in um, this past season that you kind of have a lot of hope for. So um, let's get, it's not like tech is going to be losing a ton of people. No. And the best part about this, the current day of college football is if whatever holes this new coach wants to fill, he can bring in a transfer, right? So the rumor and innuendo is that if Chadwell is indeed the guy, wherever he goes, be it tech or somewhere else, he's bringing Grayson McCall with him. If Grayson stays in school. So you bring him in and let him, you know, be the quarterback. You can bring in people to replace the linebackers. If you don't buy Trinilius Tatum and um, whoever else you have in that room. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the off season. It's good to know that we're not losing a ton of talent already and you don't have to fill a ton of spots. You know, you've got plenty of time to, 
you've got other running backs. You know, Dante Smith doesn't have to leave. McDuffie doesn't have to leave. Your wide receivers don't have to leave. It'll just it'll be interesting to see who transfers out, who stays, uh, and whatnot. I, I think one of the things Brent Key has also done, and this team has also done, and the players need to get a ton of credit for this. After after three years and four games of Collins. To finish up at worst four and four under Brent Key, this is now making people go, and you're not necessarily losing all that much. Mm-hmm. You got a chance to start with some talent and a new coach. I think now the expectation is okay, great. You guys took a step forward. What are you gonna do next? Can you build on this? Yeah. Can you get to six or seven wins? Because, hey, let's be honest, it's not like the ACC is. The ACC in football is not the ACC in basketball. The ACC is not good. Right. Clemson's not even that good. (laughs) You've got a chance to get back in the conversation fairly quickly, depending on how you turn this around, who leaves, who comes in, how much of your recruiting class do you keep, what else do you add? Do you have a chance to come in and start to build a culture that gets, I mean, let's be honest, under Chan and Paul, you created a culture that you expected to get to a bowl game. Yeah. Because you made so many in a row, and that became a big deal. And then fans got tired of that. Hey, I bet you wouldn't mind going to a bowl game now after four I years. Wouldn't. Right. So can you get back to being competitive, and competitive means get to bowl games. I know the ultimate goal is to beat Georgia. I get it. I understand it. I want it. But you got to be. You got to get good first. Let's get competitive and start winning some games and get a chance to get some bowl games and, and, you know, again, get a good coach. And and I've made my opinion very strong. I want a tech man, but if you bring in Chadwell, fine, just get somebody who will make players better and build a program that'll make us competitive again. Cause we haven't been for three years and Brent key made us somewhat relevant by this amazing thing of asking people to do their job. Well done, Insane. So last question before we leave. Is there any chance that Georgia Tech beats Georgia on Saturday? So it's going to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. uh, And I'm going to in a ways. As a a sports fan, I always say there's a reason you play the games. Okay? Because, by the way, I'm glad you said that. I would love everybody to go back and watch. If you can find a way to watch... uh, the ESPN college sports day because they did it from Bozeman, Montana, where I used to live for four years, shout out Bozeman and the Montana state Bobcats who won the big sky. Well done. Mm. Uh, but when Pat McAfee and the others started talking about the North Carolina game, they said, you're going to see George tech up there first, but that's not the team we're going to talk about because this is North Carolina. He, they were, I mean, they gave them no chance and they said, Oh, this is the kind of game that Drake may, should really pad his stats if he wants to win a Heisman. Ha <laughs> ha, you guys suck. We won. So we own you. Yeah. Now, having said that, you are facing the undefeated number one team in the nation. So I'm sure I haven't looked at the line. I'm sure we're we're 35 and a half point yeah, underdogs. Because they're playing at home. I get it. Okay. So is there a chance? Yes. As 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 they taught us in Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. There's always a chance. Stranger things have happened, okay? But what I want to see from this team is finish the year strong. 
Okay. If we score in double digits, I consider it a win. If if our defense <laughs> holds them, you know, and holds them that, in check, their right? offense is. I know. I get mid. it. I get it. I it's get okay. It. Stetson's not. I mean, they've they've well, got then, insane tight ends, but right, so, I'm more worried about the fact that their defense is loaded with future first round okay, picks. Okay. So, so, but. And we're going to have our third stringer. But we did this against Clemson, and they scored 42 on us, right? We've had teams score a ton of points against us. Yep. So I don't want to go get – I don't want to get blown out by 40 or 30 or all that kind of stuff. You know what? Go play your best. Go play your best. Play well. Play hard. Stand up to them. You know, be tough. And let's see what happens. Um you know, I'd love to see a competitive game. I'd love to see us. Win. Of course, I'd love to. See, I'd love. There is. I, there's a. There's a local sports guy, Chris Domino, who always he when he talks about this game, he says there is nothing better than I'm having a down year and the other team's undefeated and I ruin their season. Uh, yeah, because if you if you beat UGA, there's a good chance they're they're not they're not sniffing that college that would football be fantastic. playoff. Fantastic. So. Is there a chance? Yes. Are they going to win? Probably not because we're tech fans and we're realistic. But the way, if they play the way they did Saturday, they got a chance. If they play the way they have played when they play well, they got a chance. If they play any other way, they're probably going to lose by, you know, double digits to 20 points or more. Easiest way I can put it is Drake May is better than Stetson Bennett. Yeah. And we stopped Drake Mack. Josh Downs is better than any receiver that Georgia yeah. has. The only issue is that UNC, they don't have – Brock Bowers is better than anybody Absolutely. I get it. They're a, they are the number one team in the nation. And, and for a reason. For a reason. And, by the way, Kirby gave a great shout-out. We were talking about this off off mic. You know, the the coach football college football coaching 101 is you always say something nice about the other coach, even in hate week. But – and Kirby, I've heard him talk about other teams. He's like – Hey, their special teams coverage is elite. That's the best he can say about a team. He gave a shout out to Brent Key and said, "Man, he's got those guys playing well." So, w- listen, we'll see what happens. In summary, why not us? Ah, there you go. Why not us? We're a bunch of, but we're not a bunch of idiots like the 04 Red Sox. Why not us? Why not us? So, don't let us win today. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> don't let us win today because then they got. PD in game six, or what is it? We got Schilling, Schilling in game five, and then PD in game six, and then anything yeah. happened in game seven. Yeah, that's right. Go watch four days in October. Okay. Uh, so this is a great time of year. We get to play Georgia. We also get to play them in basketball. So uh, that's coming up in a week or two. So uh, shout out to them. All right. Uh, I think we're good to go. Uh, if you Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to get your opinion. We'd love to get your thoughts. Joshua, how can people get in touch with the show? Uh, very simple. I am the uh, point man when it comes to contact. So if you want to DM me on Instagram, if that's your preferred method of communication, my Instagram handle is joshuajulian46. Julian is spelled J-U-L-I-A-N. Uh, and then my email address is my name, joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. Uh, hit me up on both of those. I will respond. If you have something you want to say to us, you know, maybe we got something wrong. Maybe we said something you didn't agree with, or maybe you really do agree with us and you just want to, you know, stroke our egos a little bit and show us just how great we are. Um, all things are welcome. We welcome all kinds of feedback, all kinds of takes, whatever. Just get in touch. We would like for our users and our listeners to start to interact with us a little bit. Want to hear your opinions. Since we did a fireside chat, I will close the show by saying this. If you take the time to reach out through Instagram or email, we will reach into the old mailbag and we will read your comments on our future shows. So we would love for you to be part of the show. We would love to read what you send us. If you give us permission, uh, opinion, thoughts, uh, 
rebuttals, rebukes, whatever you want to do, we will take it all. So uh, this will wrap it up for this episode of What's the Good Word. And uh, for Joshua, the fan, uh, thank you very much for uh, always directing and organizing the show, posting it up on uh, all of our podcasting platforms. Uh, for you, our listener, we couldn't do this without you. We thank you for listening. We ask you to tell someone else about the show. We're not doing any major marketing. We're doing it organically. We want every tech alum and fan to reach out to one other tech alum and fan and tell them about the show. And you can do it by asking them that magical question. Hey, what's the good word? 